morning and welcome back to Alger Assembly of God. Welcome back to our Good Shepherd series. We are uh, going through verse by verse through Psalm 23. And we've, uh, we've encountered the first several verses. We're going to get to one of the uh, more well-known individual verses here in Psalm 23. But uh, before we get there, if you take a look in some of the Peanuts comic strips, I'm going to be like Peanuts. You've got Snoopy, you've got Charlie Brown, some of those characters. In those comic strips, Snoopy often tries to be an author. And in one particular comic strip, he's shown on his doghouse typing out a novel. And he begins his story with these words. It was a dark and stormy night. Well, that's the way he always begins his stories. Lucy walks by, and Lucy bluntly shouts to him, You stupid dog, that is the dumbest thing I've ever read. Who ever heard of such a silly way to begin a story? Don't you know that all good stories begin with once upon a time? So the last frame of the comic shows Snoopy still on his doghouse, starting over from scratch. And this time, he types out the words, Once upon a time, it was a dark and stormy night. Now, Snoopy was on to something here, and he's pretty close to the truth about life. It's a truth that King David is writing about as we get to the, the middle, this, this meat portion here of Psalm 23, David agrees that there are dark and stormy nights. In fact, he's going to be referring to them as valleys. There's times when there's, there's simply no shortcut. In fact, there's a lot of heartaches and sorrows. So we'll take a look at the, the King James Version that many of you are aware of would read like this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Now, many of you might have the NIV, the New International Version, so we'll, we'll share that with you as well. It says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So Snoopy and King David, they both seem to be on to something as they share with us about this thing called hardships and difficulties, valleys. How many of you have ever experienced some dark and stormy nights mixed with some dark and stormy days, maybe that have kind of stretched out for a little while? So this morning, what we're going to take a look at are three actions to take in the valleys. Because David says he's writing about and talking about the valleys, and we're going to take a look at three actions that we can take in the valleys. Are you ready? Action number one is this. We must face reality. Doesn't that sound comforting? Wow, Thanks, Pastor Mark. I'm glad I came to church today to hear about facing up to reality. Boy, that's just an encouragement. Here's what I mean by that. David is writing about valleys 
But what he's helping us to understand, we've got to face reality and understand valleys are real and valleys are inevitable. You and I will face valleys. In fact, let, let's, do a, let's just do a quick, quick survey, and you've you got to be honest. How many of you would say that right about now, today, you feel like you are experiencing, you're in the midst of, or you're going through some form of valley, heartache, sorrow, difficulty, it could be physical, financial, emotional, spiritual, relational, but right about now, you feel like that is you. Hands raised, keep them up, okay? Keep them up now. How many of you say, okay, maybe not right today, but I have been through difficulties, heartaches, sorrows. I've gone through physical, financial, emotional, spiritual, relational. Maybe not today, but at some point before today, hands up, keep them up. Okay, if your hand is down, it's probably because you're just tired. I mean, we've we got multiple. You, you're, you know, you got both hands in the air. You're sitting on the pew. You're trying to raise both feet, I think, at the same time. You're like, yes, that's me. Here's the good news. You are normal. The psalmist is he's encouraging us with the fact reality is this. Valleys are real. They're inevitable. They are things that we will be challenged with and that we will face. You can count on them. Jesus as well, he was very realistic about this in the New Testament. John chapter 16, verse 33. Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble. That's comforting, right? Hey, everybody, guess what? You're going to have some trouble. You're going to have some heartache. You're going to have some sorrow. Jesus is saying, this is a definite. You will go through some tough times. And that's the reality of the valley is we will face some difficulties. It's more a matter of when and not the matter of if. Unfortunately, sometimes with some people, the thought is, if, if, if we just give our life to Christ, as a Christian, life is going to be perfect. You will never experience any difficulties or heartaches or sorrows. Maybe, maybe you thought that at one point, or maybe there's individuals who believe that at some point, that if we turn to Christ, life is a piece of cake, it's easy street. More than likely, you could say with an uplifted hand, that's not been the case. That you've experienced some heartaches. You've experienced some of these valleys. The reality is, it's inevitable, we will face hardships. Could be one of those categories. It could be multiple categories. Sometimes it feels as if it's uh, maybe we're trying to face all of them at the same time. There's suffering and sorrow sickness, frustration, fatigue. It's the, it's the physical, it's the financial, the emotional, the spiritual, the relational, you name it. Valleys, hardships, difficulties will happen. So we've got to face reality, understand we've either gone through them 
are going through them, or maybe at some point in the future, about ready to go through them, understand that valleys will come. Let's not be surprised. Understand as well that valleys are unpredictable. That, that's the reality, right? How many of you, when you went through a valley, every single time, you were, you were just given like advance notice? Like you could put it on your calendar. It tends to not happen that way. Now, I've, I've shared multiple times over the years from Psalm 23 in, in, in times of heartache and sorrow and times of funerals and sharing. When it comes to loss, when it comes to a, a time of a funeral, that's nothing that you, you want to put on or that you're able to put on your calendar Nobody wants to or is ready to face loss. It's unpredictable. When, when things break down in our home, when things break down in our vehicles, when, when things uh, happen in our jobs, in our workplace, uh, we tend to not get this six-month notice. They, they happen. It's unpredictable. And, and the valleys that we face, these hard times, are just like that. Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 20 puts it this way. Disaster follows disaster. In an instant, my tents are destroyed. My shelter falls in a moment. Maybe that's described some of you and, and some of your situations. In, in a literal instant, in a moment, something took place and physically or financially or relationally or emotionally or whatever the case might be, something happened it's a valley it's a, it's a difficulty it's a it's a hardship it's a struggle valleys are unpredictable and so the first thing it's not the most encouraging but it's it's saying face reality and understand this go in facing life understanding that difficult times hard times will come but understand the reality about valleys is that they're also impartial they affect all of us. I mean, look around. You saw hands that were raised. It, it didn't matter, men or women, young or old. It doesn't matter as you look across society, rich or poor, college or not. It doesn't matter what, what category, what age group we might be in. We all face hardships. It's not just that difficulties or for uh, this set of people and everybody else gets to skate by without facing them. Valleys, hardships, difficulties of, of whatever kind, they're impartial. Everyone has problems. In fact, we can look at good people as well as maybe not so good people. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 45. Jesus said, it rains on the just and the unjust. Now, we don't like that. Because if it was up to you and I, what would we like for Jesus to have said? It rains on the unjust, but it's bright and sunshiny on the just. Wouldn't we rather he have said that? Wouldn't we rather have the fact that Everyone that we think is a good person, and of course we're going to lump ourselves into that category, that everything is perfect for the good people, but for the not so good, 
We'll just let them experience all the difficulties. How many of you wouldn't mind something like that? But haven't you noticed that there's a lot of good people facing a lot of difficult situations? You've seen that. You've experienced that. Haven't you also as well seen individuals that for whatever reason you might term or I might term or we might look at them somehow as being a not-so-good person and it seems like, man, things are just going right for them. I don't understand. Why, why are they being blessed and why am I being challenged? And so what we see is Everybody at different points in time, no matter what we might be, we face difficulties and hardships and trials. Valleys don't care how, quote, good or, quote, not so good we are. We're going to face difficulties. We're going to face some challenges. So the first thing is just simply understanding reality. Facing reality in that sometimes we think if we're facing a hardship, if we're facing a difficulty, there must be something wrong with me. Life is hard. Jesus said you will have trouble. There will be hardship. There will be difficulties. David talks and he writes about valleys. The first action to take is understand this fact of reality. We will experience valleys. There's a second action to take. Number two, I believe we've got to keep walking. Keep walking. Keep moving. Because here's what David writes. He says, yay, though I walk. Or in the NIV, even though I walk through the valley. The good news is that the valleys are temporary. David says, he is walking through the valleys. Now, if it was up to you, if it was up to me, how long would these valleys be? They would have ended yesterday. They would have ended last week, last month, last year. I mean, they would have just shown up. We would have seen it, given them the look, and they would have just gone away. I mean, that's us. But David's saying, no matter how difficult, how deep, how dark, how, how menacing or threatening or challenging these valleys are, the good news is that they're temporary. We're able to walk through. Now, how we do that, we're going to get to that in just a moment, how we walk through, but they're not permanent. It's not something we stay in, but we're walking through. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We look at valleys, we look at hardships, and we think that that's the end in and of themselves. We're just going to stay in this point forever. The reality is, sometimes those valleys do last a pretty long period of time. I, I wish I could say that every valley, you know, it, it's a, it's a one-day maximum. It's a, it's a one-week maximum. It's a one-month maximum. I, I wish we could say that there's this limit and you will never, ever, ever face something longer than this. I can't promise that. The encouragement, as David writes, though, is that we are able to keep walking and with his help walk through the valley. In fact, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, 
we read something like this. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, hardships, valleys. You've gone through those things. Verse 7, so that the tested genuineness of your faith more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. There's a a purpose for that. There's going to be some positive things from that. But what he's saying is, it's for a while. We would prefer little while to be truly little. Sometimes that little is a whole lot longer little than we would like. He's saying this, this valley, these hardships that we face, they are temporary. We're going to go through some difficult times, but with his help, we are able to go through them. Here's the challenge, though. David says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, sometimes we tend to end up in one extreme or the other. One one extreme is this. We don't want to do what David says and keep walking through the valley. We want to put our our Nikes on. We want to put our track shoes on. And we want to run. We want to book it through the valley of the shadow of death. How many of you that would be you, right? Let me just get it done with. Let me just rush right through. David didn't write Even though I run, even though I rush, even though I go as fast as I can, he simply said, even though I walk, yay, even though I walk through the valley, sometimes, sometimes our rushing and our running through the valley causes us not to understand or maybe even learn some things in the process. Now, we don't like that learning, right? How many of you would prefer the smooth sailing learning course? You know, the kick back, relax, put your feet up, never have a difficulty, valley, or a hardship ever in your life. How many of you would prefer to sign up for that course, sign up for that class, right? We want that one. We don't want the learning through the valleys class. Sometimes I believe God's even able and and desiring to help us understand something. No doubt you've looked back, maybe not always in the midst of, but as God has helped you through a difficulty or through a challenge, you've then looked back and you say, wow, God has helped me God has strengthened me, or God has taught me, God has encouraged me. You've learned something through the valley. You might have wished you didn't have learned that, but I believe that God has taken even those challenges, even those valleys we've been faced with, and he's been able to help and guide and guard and teach And sometimes we're in such a rush to get through the valley, we're not even stopping to see what God might have in mind to help us. doesn't mean that God's caused all of the things that we're going through, but God certainly is aware of them. And God can take and use some of those things for your benefit, for your blessing, for my benefit, and for my blessing. Sometimes 
rushing through, running through, we might miss out on what God wants to teach us in the middle of the valley. David says, even though I walk, I encourage you to keep walking. The temptation is to run. The temptation is to rush. The temptation is is not to, to turn and trust in God. It's just, let me book it through here no matter what it takes. The second temptation is to give up and be discouraged and, and kind of sit or lay or lie down and, and just say, I can't make it through. And then we just kind of pause. David didn't say, even though I sit in the midst of the valley. David didn't write, even though I'm, I'm lying down in the midst of the valley. David said, Yea, though I walk through. There's this continuous action, this continuous motion. He says, keep walking. With God's help and God's strength, I'm going to make it through. Keep walking. Sometimes we can, not that we enjoy, but sometimes we almost wallow in our valleys longer than we need to. Let's turn to the Lord, turn to his strength, And let's keep walking through the difficulties, the struggles, and the valleys that we face. Because as we're about to see in just a moment, we are not alone. It's not that I'm continuing to walk all by myself. The end of this verse, David says, I'm not going to fear because you are with me. So the reality says this. The reality says you and I are going to face some difficulties. We've got to understand that. But we've also got to continue walking, keep walking with God's help and God's strength. In his book, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23, the author Philip Keller describes how in late spring, the shepherds in Israel would take their sheep from the winter pastures in the lower elevations to the high mountain meadows where they would feed during the summer. The shepherds always led their sheep to that high country through the valleys. Not only did that route provide a much gentler grade for the journey than trying to go up over the hills, but the rivers and streams also provided water and food for the journey. Our heart says, I don't ever want to face the valley again. We get through something that's difficult, and we say, wow, I'm glad I'm done with that. Never again. We don't want a hardship. We don't want a valley. The reality is, unfortunately, many times those difficulties will come. God's help, God's strength, we can continue walking and understand that this valley is not a permanent issue. What's the final Action, the final motion for us were in the valleys. I believe that's this. We've got to change our focus. Because David writes, I will not fear, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm going to fear no evil. Not because of who I am. Not because of the, the skill that maybe I have as a shepherd. David's writing nothing about who he is. He says, I will not fear because you are with me. He's changing his focus. And particularly at this point, 
He's making it all about God. So we've got to focus on what the shepherd has versus what we don't have. In our difficulties, whatever it is, in our valleys, whatever it is, physical needs, financial needs, relational, emotional, spiritual, all, those, uh, all of those issues, we tend to look at what we don't have and what we don't possess. Change our focus and say, God, thank you for who you are and thank you for what you have. David says, I don't fear because you are with me. And then he mentions a couple of things that the shepherd has. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The shepherd has a rod and the shepherd has a staff. Those are some resources that the good shepherd has available to help his sheep. The rod, a short stick, maybe a a couple feet long and when I was in Tanzania, I'd share this with you a few months ago. I was presented with this. It's called a rungu, R-U-N-G-U. It's about a couple of feet long. It's much like what a shepherd might have. These are some things that the Maasai warriors would hold. In a sense, they're kind of like the shepherds overseeing their sheep and their livestock and their animals. But a, a rod might be something very similar to this. It's, it's got this heavy ball on the end, so it's pretty good for whacking. Whether they would throw this at the animal or whether they would use this, this was used for protection. And David's writing about the good shepherd. He says he's got a rod and a staff, and because of those items, he comforts me. He's focusing on what the good shepherd has, the rod and the staff, as opposed to all the things he doesn't have. The good shepherd would look out for his sheep. If an animal would come, he's not just going to say, well, (laughs) I guess I got 99 more. He's probably going to grab this rod, and on behalf of his sheep, he's going to forcefully protect his sheep. It's a resource that the shepherd has. Be reminded about our Savior. Be reminded about our Heavenly Father. Be reminded about the rod that he has, able to defend, able to protect, able to step into our lives and our situations on our behalf. He says, the good shepherd has this rod and this staff. The staff is is kind of synonymous with the shepherd. It's that, that shepherd's crook, right? Got the, the long, long stick with kind of the, the loop on the end, uh, you know, enough to you know, maybe help out around the neck or around uh, the waist of a, of a sheep to try to help to, to rescue, to support, to encourage, to guide, maybe to kind of nudge and, and keep on path. Between the rod and the staff, those are resources this good shepherd uses for his sheep and for their betterment. I'm thankful that we have a heavenly father as a good shepherd and he has a whole host of resources to help guide and comfort and protect you and I. Now earlier, I referenced Jesus' quote in John chapter 15. Jesus said, 
In this world, you will have trouble. Chapter 16, I think I said 15. 1633. Let's finish that. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. Understand the reality. But he wasn't done. He said, but take heart. I have overcome the world. The good shepherd, the one that we serve, the one that we follow, he says, take heart, be encouraged. I have overcome. It's not because of who you are. It's not because of who I am. It is him. He is the shepherd. He has overcome. Let us focus on him. Focus on his power as opposed to focusing on our problems. Man, we are so good at looking at all the problems in our path. We can name them all. And sometimes we forget about the power of a loving heavenly father. David's writing as a, as a sheep. He's saying there's the rod and the staff. There's protection from the shepherd, provision from the shepherd, guidance from the shepherd. All of that the shepherd does for the sheep. I believe he wants to encourage and remind us this morning, change our focus, shift our focus, getting it off of the problems that we face, though that's a definite reality, Let's be mindful of the power that our Heavenly Father, the shepherd, has. Many times we get our eyes off of the shepherd. It's just the whole New Testament thing, remember? Peter walking on the water. He took his eyes off of the Savior. He began to look at the wind and the waves and, and everything about that situation and began to sink. Let's keep our focus on our Savior. Keep our focus on the good shepherd. Focus on his power instead of focusing on our problems. Focus on his presence instead of the shadows. David writes, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Shadows can be scary. How many of you love going someplace late at night, and there's hardly any lights on, and everywhere you go, it's just nothing but long, big, scary-looking shadows, right? I mean, the shadow of a cat looks like a, like a rhinoceros or a dinosaur, right? Come on, let's be honest. Some of you have seen a shadow late at night. It's, it, maybe, maybe it's in your house, you know? There's some light from something casting this eerie shadow, and you get up in the middle of the night to use the restroom to go get a drink, and you see this shadow, and you freak out. Shadows are kind of scary. Are shadows real? Is there, is there power in a shadow? Is there a substance in a shadow? They're not. Shadows appear bigger than reality. I mean, go stand in front of a light and look at your shadow. Or go stand outside on a sunny day, and, and at particular times, your shadow looks like it stretches forever. Are you that big? Well, you know, probably not. The shadow makes it appear that way. It's a whole lot larger than reality. Many times, that's what we see. That's what we face in our lives. The shadow 
of these valleys. Causes us to, to become scared. David didn't walk through the valley of death. He walked through the valley of the shadow of death. Shadows are usually bigger than reality. Shadows can't hurt us. Let me ask you, your preference, walk out to the parking lot. Would you rather get hit by someone's truck or run over by the shadow of someone's truck? I'd prefer the shadow. If someone drives near you and that shadow looks like it would just take you out, did it really take you out? Again, there's no substance to that shadow. They're images without substance. They can scare. They can't hurt, damage. Here's another thought about shadows. There's no shadow without a light source. That's the only way you can have a shadow, right? I mean, if it's in the middle of the, the dark, middle of the night, and you have a shadow, there's light somewhere. There's the moon. There's a parking lot light. You've got a night light on somewhere in your house. There's got to be some light source for there to be a shadow. So change the focus. We're all focused on the shadow, how large, how strong, how powerful, how eerie, how whatever. Let's take a look for the light source. If you turn towards the light source and you turn away from the shadow, the shadow's going to be behind you and you're going to be looking at the source of light. Change the focus and turn towards God. In fact, Jesus said in the New Testament, I am the light of God. The world. So the reality is, every single one of us in this room, we will face hardships, trials, troubles, and valleys. Many are raising your hands saying, that describes you even now, even today. So it doesn't matter what kind of individuals, Christian or non-Christian, the just and the unjust, men or women, young or old, rich or poor, we will all face hardships, difficulties, and valleys. Here's the difference, though. As a Christian, if we have surrendered our heart, if we have surrendered our life to him as our shepherd, we can be confident of his power. We can be confident of his presence with us as David wrote. I will not fear because you are with me. And the focus is onto him, his presence, his power, the, the resources that he has instead of the problems that we face. True security, it, it's not found in the absence of valleys. It's found in the presence of the shepherd. I love the story of a little child who he was standing in front of his classroom he was making a, a very simple speech about this topic, what I want to be when I grow up. He said, I'm going to be a lion tamer in the circus. I will have lots of fierce lions. I will walk into the cage and they will roar and I will use my whip to control them. He paused for a moment thinking about the rather scary thought he had just mentioned. 
So then he added, but of course, I'll have my daddy with me. See, it's a big difference when your daddy is with you in the valley or in the lion cage. If our heart and if our life is surrendered to the Savior, surrendered to the Good Shepherd, we are assured of His power and of His presence to walk with us even in the midst of the valley. Does that mean He automatically removes it so that we don't face it? doesn't necessarily mean that. Sometimes He has, and sometimes He chooses to, but you can be assured of this, that He will walk with us you and he will walk with me even in the valley of the shadow of death some actions for us to take face reality understand there will be valleys we will face difficult times but we must keep walking let's not rush through but don't give up don't be discouraged don't just sit down or lay down. Keep walking with his strength, with his presence, with his power through that valley. And then change our focus. Focus on, on him, his power and his presence instead of the shadows and the problems around us. Be confident of his strength, his power, and his presence in your life and in my life today. 